Good evening, everyone. My name is Janice from Two Sisters Podcast. Today is Triumph Tuesday in the USA. It is July the 12th. I think I'm right on the date. So it would be July 13th, which would be Wealth Wellness Wednesday in Australia with our amazing guest, Kate Boyle. Kate, welcome to the Two Sisters Podcast. Hi, Janice. Thanks so much for having me on. And yes, you're right. It's when, it's uh, Wednesday here, Wednesday the 13th. <laughs> We're ahead, oh. always ahead. <laughs> okay, well, that's good because, you know, I get a little time zone challenge. Well, a lot time zone challenge, but I am getting better at it. As some of you may notice, um, Carol's is not on yet. She's been delayed a little bit and she should be on shortly. So we're going to continue with the conversation. So you are a qualified nutrition food scientist and wellness is kind of our thing. And I know obviously it's your thing. Tell us how you got started in that field. Well, it goes right back to uh, being a teenager. I was a dancer growing up, so um, was set on a career in performing and dancing. But unfortunately, at the age of 16, I tore the meniscus in my knee. So that was kind of a uh, potentially a career ending injury. I was kind of told you can go on, but you'll never be front and centre. You'll always be in the back row because that injury is never going to, you know, you're never going to be the same again. Um, and being a dancer growing up, obviously nutrition was a really big thing. And I was constantly under eating, constantly restricting what I eat, constantly having to focus on how I looked. And so when I kind of found out that dance was not going to be my career, I decided that maybe I could help other young dancers with their nutrition and movement and went off and uh, did the nutrition and food science course and became a nutritionist. And then through that, teaching dancing part-time, still keeping that love of dance going. I also went off and did the Pilates course and sort of entered the rehab side of movement, rehabbed my own body, having, you know, knee injuries, torn hamstrings, back pain, you name it. Um, I rehabbed my own body and then kind of put it all together and started to work with clients on their nutrition, on their movement and really bringing that holistic approach to health. Wow, that is amazing. And of course, I want to introduce you to the other half of two sisters, my sister, Carol Sue. Um, Hi, sorry, little lady, we uh, had a prior engagement. So uh, got on a little bit late, but we're excited to have you on. Super impressed already from what I've been hearing. So let's get to it. So I, I love the fact that you had mentioned like you did not let that injury stop you. No, I had to, I had to, you know, take time out. I had to, you know, reframe what I was going to do, but I knew that I was going to help people in some sort of way. This experience that had happened to me, I think it's quite common in dancers. You're so laser focused on just trying to reach one goal that when that kind of disappears, you are lost. You are lost for a bit, but you've got to find a way to do something else. And so I figured trying to turn my, you know, negative experience into something positive, that the best thing I could do was try to help others going through the same situation. And 
you know, again, it, it just goes back to you took something that had happened to you and it was like, okay, how can I turn this around? How can I help others? And I love the fact that you say movement, don't you too, Carol Sue? Because we always talk about that. Whoops, we lost her. I'm sure she'll be back. <laughs> there, she, there she is. But the, um, the movement aspect of it. Yeah, we're having some. A little bit. Can you hear us okay? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, uh, I can hear you okay. Okay, well, now we hear you better. So I was just commenting on. Oh, good. Awesome. <laughs> we were talking about the and what, and what I was saying yes, about her injury and how she, uh, you know, had to basically pivot her career, pivot, you know, her thought process by still keeping much the passion that she still loved. She just had to do it in a little bit different way. And I think we can all relate to that. There's so many times that, you know, we derail whether it's either from an injury or from a mind be something financially it could be uh, a disaster that you didn't know was about to happen and instead of giving up you redirected that energy and that passion and so oh we lost <laughs> the audio on that again and you know what okay now you're back I know it's it, you know there's some weird things that go on with the internet and I'm in the car but I'm I'm literally a gateway away from the house so uh, hopefully this won't happen again but what I was saying was I think we we all can relate to different pieces of our life where we've had an unexpected derailment and an unexpected twist to the journey that we weren't prepared for but when I when I think about that I always think about well really was it a twist what maybe it was supposed to happen that way. Kate, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. I, you know, having wisdom and age on your side as you look back, I kind of feel like when I look back, these are the things that were meant to happen. I, you know, that injury was devastating at the time, but I never would have gone down this path and my life would have been completely different. But to get to where I've gotten today and to being able to share you know, the passion and the love that I have to help other people has been amazing. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back and change any of it. So mm -hmm. yeah, I really do think it happens for a reason. And, and that goes to show you too, you know, that I want to kind of dive into a little bit more about the nu nutrition aspect of it, because um, you also bring holistic nutrition into your practice, correct? Yes. So definitely have that focus of working with women, you know, no dieting, it's not necessary, jumping on all these different bad things isn't going to work. So it's going back to the basics, making sure that we're just dialing in, eating more fruit and vegetables, going back to whole foods, nuts and seeds, and making sure that we individualize it because, you know, one size fits all doesn't work for anything, exercise, diet, lifestyle. So it's really trying to find out what your gut prefers and working with what suits you and your body. And that is so true. You know, I know, for instance, when I go into Barnes and Noble, that's one of my favorite bookstores or, or even the library. And I always love to go in the um, where all the diet books are. And I'm I look around and I'm like, 
why don't we just like all eat like healthy, like supply our bodies with good nutrition? Yeah, I think it's been the information's out there, but there's so much information that I think it just gets overwhelming. And you hear from your friend, oh, they did keto and that's fantastic and that worked. And, you know, another person's done, you know, a meal replacement diet and that was fantastic for them. And you hear all this different information and sometimes it's hard to filter out what is actually going to work for you. That is so true. Um, Carol Sue, I, I know that, for instance, um, with you going through your rehab, um, you know, we tend to stay away from those things, with, for instance, that we know are not good for not good for our gut, but that cause inflammation. Um, she's still there. Yeah, there yeah, she I'm is. Here. Sorry, I am. That's okay. Um, no, go ahead. No, so why don't you comment on that aspect of it? Because this, I think especially too with your injuries and related to, as we always talk about gut health and um, foods that cause inflammation. Oh, that, that, that is a key piece. And I, first of all, I, I don't like the word diet at all uh, because when we really think about it, we all diet. Diet is just eating. Uh, it's, it's just really understanding uh, your dietary needs uh, which will, which actually will dictate what diet, whether good, bad, or indifferent, you're going to lean towards. Now, hopefully, you know, we're hoping that everyone is mindful of their body and understanding that your body changes every seven years and you have to listen to your body. A lot of people don't, oh, I just, oh my God, I love those chocolate chip cookies. And I eat them all the time. And damn, I get a, I get a migraine every time. I don't know what it is. Well, it could be the sugar, it could be the chocolate, it could be a, a couple different things, could be the dairy that's in there. A lot of times people are getting migraines because it has to do with inflammation within the body. Inflammation, inflammation is also one of the key pieces to cancers and to a lot of different diseases. So how do you eat rich, good food with also really understanding what is going to inflame your body and what is not, because it is different for a lot of people. There's some, some general, general rules of thumb for people. So for me personally, you know, I knew that even though there was, you know, I've always, I grew up with dairy. I mean, we all grew up with, you know, milk does the body good, which is the biggest misinformation that there is that's out there uh, because if people understand that dairy uh, is the number one contributing factor to women in breast cancer, um, it, it just is. And how ironic that is when you think of the American Cancer Society and then they've, you know, they've got milk cartons with pink ribbons on them. Doesn't make any sense, right? But when you follow the money, you understand these things. So I think people have to be more mindful and listen to their body, that their body's giving them many clues that they may not associate it with a reaction to food. I don't necessarily mean an allergic reaction, but I really feel that anytime that you have a negative re response to any food group, that is your body telling you, in this day and age, right now, this generation, this day, this body doesn't like that. And it could be something that is going to be forever, or it could be that you're just going through that seven-year period of change. But for me, I always ate dairy up until about seven years ago. And, you know, we know that dairy um, uh, increases fluids. A lot of times it's not good for your lungs. If you uh, suffer from uh, different respiratory diseases, whether it's asthma, uh, even those that have a lot of severe allergies, you eat dairy, that increases the increases the secretion that's in your body, which 
again, it's producing all these fluids that lead to inflammation. So it's, you just have to be mindful of, and listen, for me, it's knowing what your body's telling you. And it's not always the obvious. It's not always vomiting. It's not always diarrhea. Uh, it could be a skin irritation. It could be headaches. It could be joint pain. Uh, it could be stomach pain. And these are all things that when you start journaling, every time you have these, what I call these flare-ups, and correlate that to, okay, what did I eat today? Like really think about what did I eat that could have caused this kind of issue? Okay, well, you note that. Well, you know what? A week later goes by and you eat that same thing and you're still having that same kind of a reaction. Chances are it's probably what you just stuck in your mouth. So we have to be accountable ourselves. Nobody, and it just can't be that you're relying uh, on nutritionists, you're relying on your doctors. You are the best advocate for yourself and your body. You have to listen to it. Yeah, 100% agree. And I think, unfortunately, nowadays, because our diet generally is filled with dairy, gluten, sugar, seed oils, all these foods that promote inflammation, it is confusing. People can't work out what food it is. So that's where doing that food journal, writing down what you eat. And like you said, sometimes it just might be that you don't have energy. It doesn't have to be that you're on the toilet all the time. You just right. wake up and you're tired. And that tiredness doesn't disappear. So even just those smaller, they seem smaller, symptoms is your body communicating to you. But sometimes because life is so busy, we miss them. So writing out that meal plan, you know, recording what you've eaten. If you are having those symptoms, you know, you can get some testing done. You can get, you know, testing done for lactose and fructose and those types of things. DNA testing can come in handy. We know that more than 60% of the population of the world, you know, are lactose intolerant. Dairy is not meant to be eaten for the majority of us. You know, our genetics just don't, you know, meld with it. And it does cause inflammation as well. So again, it's listening to your body, recording what you eat, recording your symptoms, working with somebody if you need, but paying attention to how you feel. And even though it's hard, and sometimes it takes it takes a while, you might not pick it up straight away. It might take a few months to work it out. But I think if you just spend the time doing it, you definitely will see results. Right. And I think we, the other key to, piece, too, is really uh, acknowledging and doing your research on the different food groups. Because even if you don't necessarily, you know, put a, a you know, uh, ABC together or one, two, three together, if you look at certain food groups that are pretty obvious for inflammation with some obvious signs, but in, but like you said, there's also subtle signs, stay away from them. Uh, I, we've been, I think, 80% uh, dairy-free for almost uh, a good year and a half now. Uh, we do more plant-based than anything. Uh, we, you know, still eat beef maybe once or twice a month, the max. Um, so, you know, we're not vegans, but we've introduced a lot of vegan things to replace the dairy that we're just not not getting and guess what calcium you don't have to get it you need calcium but you don't have to just get it from dairy take good vitamins good supplements you'll get those things that your body needs because we already know scientifically it's impossible to fuel our body what it needs with food alone so you do have to rely on supplements and vitamins to supplement that so if you have a food group that you know is derived from a certain vitamin that your body needs doesn't mean that you don't have to not, not now you're going to starve your body from that that particular vitamin or supplement. Just do away with the food piece to it and get a good good vitamin and supplement. 
Yeah. Well, as you said, calcium, you know, some great sources are strawberries, broccoli, almonds, nuts. So you can get great amounts of calcium from other foods. It doesn't have to be dairy. That is something that the dairy industry came up with to sell more dairy and it really adopted and worked worldwide. Uh, but I also think, you know, those supplements are key and it's just working out. Sometimes maybe you need to work with your GP or your dietitian to work out, get your blood done, see where your levels are at too, and then really tailor and dial it in. It's good, you know, to take a multivitamin sometimes, but it's not for everybody. Same with a probiotic. You may need a probiotic, you may not. So again, really individualizing it and working with someone can help too. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think the the key point there too is to pay attention. And, you know, for instance, when you realize if you're eating something that contains gluten and you're noticing a pattern that you're getting ill um, shortly after you eat something that's filled with gluten and you find out you're, you know, you may have celiac or non-celiac gluten sensitivity, uh, a lot of times people will just like go to the store and just buy everything gluten-free, but that's enough. That's a different caveat because not all gluten-free stuff is healthy and it contains a lot of sugar. So it's a balancing act. How would you coach someone who comes to you who is not familiar? Maybe it just found out that they have a gluten sensitivity and is not familiar with reading labels. And that's something that we never really, a lot of people don't really focus on. Yeah. And reading the labels is so important because there are so many hidden ingredients in them and gluten may be listed in various different forms as well. So that's the other thing. So usually I'll work with them, explain, you know, what we need to be looking for, um, reading the ingredient list, making sure that sugar isn't one of the first ingredients because that's a really big thing. And then trying to read and to find the gluten, but also educating them to go back to more of the whole foods, steer clear of those processes foods that are going to have excess gluten, sugar, additives, preservatives, going back to whole food sources like rice and quinoa and veggies and, you know, nuts and seeds and depending on how they digest grains and beans and legumes and those types of things. So we always tend to start with the whole foods and then add some of those extras in as much as we need. Um, but sometimes it might just be the process of I will sit with somebody and we'll we'll have different packets and boxes in front of us and we will read through and go through and, and make sure we know what we're looking for as well because they're confusing and they do it on purpose so that you will buy their product and not really know what's in it. So um, exactly. it's amazing. A lot of people think that if something is bad, it wouldn't be in a product. Like they couldn't do that to us, but they can because they have right. certain levels that they right. can add into things that is acceptable, but that still doesn't mean it's actually good for us. Right. And we've noticed that with, uh, we've actually had a podcast probably about a month ago where we actually did talk about different manufacturers, especially in the United States where uh, the, the they're not as stringent on that piece to it. And we would find the same manufacturer, the exact same product in many different countries. And, you know, the United States would have the, the, the real garbage, bad ingredients and some of these other countries did not so it goes to show you that they can make that product cleaner and healthier but it costs more so they don't right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. bottom line all the money 
Right. And I've always, you know, said to my health coaching clients, hey, you know, if you can't pronounce it, if it has an OSE on the end of it, like these are start out with those key things, like read it. And if you like see this word and you have no idea what it is, Google it. You know, maybe take a uh, take a picture when you're at the grocery store, like of a product, a vegan product or even a gluten free product that oh, wow, this looks nice. Uh, it'll be great. You know, this is something that I can have. Don't buy it initially. Go home and look up your ingredients and then report back to what you find. Yeah, we have a, I don't know if you have it in the States, but we have a great app here called Chemical Maze. And so you can just type in the number like 621 and it'll come up and tell you what it is whether or not it's safe and, you know, if it causes anaphylactis or breathing issues or cancer or, you know, what links there are. Um, and that is a fantastic app. Here in Australia, it's about $13 to purchase, but it covers food and makeup. Um, what, so what that's was, something. What was the name of it? It's called again? Chemical Maze. Chemical Maze? Yep. And that's a fantastic app just to have on your phone so that if you're at the shops and you're looking at a product and you see a number even or a word and you, you know, just type it in, it'll come up and tell you whether or not it's safe, whether or not it has been banned in certain countries or whether or not it's borderline. So there's some studies that show maybe not so great, but some studies to show that it's okay. So um, that's a really great uh, app to use for people. Awesome. Uh -huh. See, there's an app for that. And I'm actually looking it up right now to see if it comes up. Um, do you, Kate, do you believe, or do you think that there are bad foods out there? That's a really difficult question. I would say to somebody, there are foods that we, how I educate my kids are, there are foods that we wanna eat most of the time and there are foods that we want to eat sometimes and there are foods that we only really want to have very occasionally um, but I do tell them to listen to their body and they well, my daughter who's eight she knows that if she goes to a party and has say chips that have got some sort of seasoning on them Doritos are a big one for her she will end up on the toilet afterwards and so she knows that those aren't the foods for her so I don't necessarily think there are are bad and there are good foods I think there are foods that suit your body and foods that promote you know growth and health and there are foods that are not so I don't like to get into the labels side but there are definitely foods that I wouldn't recommend that's for sure um, but to say that they're bad it's um, I think sometimes when you're speaking to different people that can promote more of that sort of negative mindset that I can't eat that I shouldn't have that and there's restriction around it which can potentially coming from my background of eating disorder can lead down that avenue. So I steer clear of the good and the bad, but I do stick more to the, you know, eat all the time, eat sometimes, eat very rarely, or or listen to your body and don't eat at all. Hmm. That's interesting. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, we know sometimes too that um, different additives um, also can, you know, trigger migraines or, you know, different episodes of, you know, different types of sickness. When, I wanna go back to the holistic nutrition aspect. When somebody hears the word um, holistic, how do you explain that to them? 
so they have a better understanding of it. I kind of explained it to them in the sense that we want to make sure that we're looking at our overall health in mental health and physical health. So we're not just trying to look a certain way. We want to have energy. We want to feel healthy. We want to think about longevity. So what's going to be serving us long term to really protect our bodies and help us feel the best we can be happy and well. So looking at it from that sense and also explaining that it's not something that we do short term for just a week or a month or whatever. It's a new way of our lifestyle. It's educating ourselves to make better choices for now, but also for the future. So we're adopting new habits and trying to encompass that in a sense that we're going to look at our food, but we're also going to look at our stress and our sleep and our movement. So that holistic approach comes into food, but it also comes into the whole lifestyle as well. Mm. And one of the things that you said there too, which, which I know a lot of people struggle with, I know that I do, is, is sleep. And I always think of sleep hygiene as this very, like this ritual. Like for instance. It, it can be, it can be for some people, but it doesn't have to be either. Right, right. It could just be something as simple as, uh, for instance, taking your electronic devices and making sure that they're not on your nightstand or, um, you know, I'm one of those people that loves to watch TV in bed. I usually fall asleep to, with the TV on. Um, I've just done that for, gosh, about 10 years now. So that could be part of the problem. But sleep really goes, sleep is so vitally important. I think a lot of times when we talk about, you know, our mental health, our emotional health, our physical well-being, I think sleep gets a bad rap and it shouldn't. Like we have to realize that that is so important. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, sleep is when we're doing all our rest and our regeneration within our body and ourselves. It's when our short-term memory is being, you know, transferred across to long-term memory and those types of things. So there's a lot of repair work happening when we sleep. We also know that with our cortisol levels, so cortisol being our stress hormone, that if we can fall asleep before 11 a.m., okay, our cortisol levels have dropped as melatonin and rises, but we actually get a second peak of cortisol just after 11 p.m. So if you're staying up later and finding it harder to fall asleep, it's because you kind of had that, you know, you say you're tired and wired or you get your second wind and that's because that cortisol has started to pick back up again. So, you know, trying to get to sleep before 11 is great if it fits in with your lifestyle. But I also think having that sleep routine, you know, for our kids, you know, we make sure that they have, you know, a bath or a shower and they brush their teeth and they read a book and, you know, they go to bed. And we have those routines so that they're not bouncing off the walls, you know, and doing stimulated activities before they go to bed. We need to do that for us. If we're on our phones, you know, and looking at social media or we're doing work, this is stimulating activity. So it's not allowing us to sort of wind down, quiet our mind and, you know, get into that sort of readiness for sleep. So having, as you said, just a really simple routine, whether or not it's, you know, having a shower, reading a book. I like to do a few stretches before I get into bed just to make sure I'm not taking any of that tightness from the day into the bed when I go to sleep, 
Um, if you are watching TV, you know, wear some blue light blocking glasses just to try to stop some of that blue light to hitting your eyes, just so it helps that melatonin production. Um, you know, there are things that we couldn't put into place and they don't have to be too hard, but trying to adopt some sort of sleep routine is definitely beneficial. Mm. How's your sleep routine, Casu? Oh, really good because just exactly as Katie, Kate said, you know, that's when our bodies naturally repair itself. And, you know, a lot of people sadly associate good sleep with, with their attitude in the morning, which of course that's a big piece to it. If you're not getting, your body's not going into that nice restful REM sleep, you are going to, you know, shortchange that body time of, of downtime and it rears its ugly head usually first thing in the morning when you don't feel like getting up and you don't feel like dealing with children or a you know spouse that may be you know asking you questions or you trying to get your act together because you quote overslept because you were tossing and turning. So uh, I agree. Um, I do sleep to affirmations. So yes, that is on my phone, but my phone is in a position where I don't see the light at all, and I just put the earbud in, and I only actually put in one uh, side of my my. Uh, my, uh, I only use one ear specifically, so I'm not getting it in both ears for a reason. Um, and that just puts me in that restful state and that peaceful mode. Uh, I try not to, uh, rarely, although we, we do have the TV in our bedroom, we, you know, try not to put it on before we go to bed. You know, we, if we're going to watch television, a movie, whatever it's going to be, it's done in the family room. Uh, because you're, you're, you have to think of your bedroom as your sanctuary of rest. It's your sanctuary of peace, of calm. Uh, your, your, your bed is, you know, a place of comfort to, uh, you know, take the stress uh, off the muscles and the joints. And you want to treat it like almost like a kingdom, like this is your, your, your solitude, your Zen place. So we really try to keep things very uh, mood driven with lighting, uh, as well as just keeping it really cool, noise free. Exactly. And toe socks. Yeah. <laughs> no toe socks. I love my toe socks. Got to have those. <laughs> Kate, how can, um, where can people get in contact with you? Um, I'm on Instagram. And Facebook at My Movement Health, and then I also have a website that's uh, mymovementhealth.com.au because I'm in Australia for the AU. <laughs> Wonderful. And what are before we uh, sign off? What are a couple of different tips that you could give our viewers and listeners on just approaching their health in in a different way if they're they're not feeling well, or what would be like two top tips that you would give them I always say just take it one step at a time so I think you know even if you're wanting to change your health you think I've got to start exercising I've got to eat healthy I've got to go to bed earlier and we try to do a bit too much and we just need to focus on one thing only so today you might focus on drinking more water or you might go to bed 15 minutes earlier or you might eat some more vegetables so just pick one thing, start that for, you know, sort of three to five days or a week. Once that then starts to become just a natural thing that you do or quite natural, then look at adding something else in. And if you're finding that's hard, then you can dial back on that. If you sort of say, I'm trying to eat, you drink eight glasses of water a day and you're not making it, then cut it back and say, I'm going to try six. 
get to that one and then add on. So simplifying it is the biggest thing that I say, not trying to do too much. Um, and the second one is choosing the thing that will make the biggest difference in your life. So generally that is going to be around food because we eat so many times a day. Um, otherwise it's probably going to be sleep because that's the other part we do within the day. And then stress comes into that as well. But you know, if you can start to eat just some more vegetables, then that already is going to start to improve your gut health, you know, help you be more regular on the toilet, have a bit of boost of energy. So that flow on effect is the, you know, the key and just focusing on those positives that you get just from those small steps. That's perfect. Um, gosh, we can't thank you so much for being here this evening for us in the USA, which is Triumph Tuesday. And for you in Australia, it's Wealth Wellness Wednesday. Thank you so much for being here and we hope you come back soon. Thanks so much for having me on. Hey everyone, we hope you enjoyed Triumph Tuesday at night with two sisters and our amazing guest, Kate. My name is Janice, AKA Wellness Diva 5.0 and I am with two Sisters, and this is Carol Sue, a.k.a. Nani Boss, live from Vera Beach on a beautiful evening. We hope all of you have an amazing day. We hope that you found out that even the smallest thing, mm -hmm. it could have been a triumph. Pat yourself on the back. You got through it. We will see you tomorrow for Wealth Wellness Wednesday. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Bye, everyone.